0: Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Downstream podcast. My name is John Stinson. We have another great guest for you, Debian anne DeRose. Debian is an author and a blogger tackling metaphysical concepts. She considers herself to be a professional nurturer as well as a lifelong non-conformist. Having read one of her books, Resistance is Feudal, a play on a well-known Star Trek phrase, I was excited to understand more about her philosophy and teachings. Debbie Han, thank you very much indeed for joining the Downstream podcast. Uh, a real treat for me. And uh, one of the things that I wanted to um, to ask you was really... Um, well, tell me your story. How What led you to... Your current point, uh, where you are in your life now.
1: Well, a lot of unexpected plot twists. I don't always get the memo from my higher self. You know, right. <laughs> I don't. I don't always see that far ahead. I just take it step by step. Like, it started with writing one book, and and that began as a blog. And I was having all these adventures. I was having a midlife crisis and feeling drawn to all these metaphysical workshops. You know, and finding out the real truth about life and you know and all this fun stuff spoon bending and energy healing exciting stuff and okay. I, I started blogging about it just for my friends you know and I got really good response people loved it and one day somebody said hey do you ever consider writing a book and I said no that's a good idea <laughs> so it it was like my higher self was trying to communicate to me and I was a little thick. So it, it took somebody <laughs> else on the outside to deliver the message, you know?
0: <laughs> oh, fantastic. So, uh, so you, you were literally just sort of blogging about the experiences that you were having at the time. And and then someone said, Look, you should do this, you know, write a book, Let, let's t- t- turn it into something, uh, you know, more tangible as it were.
1: Yeah. And at that point I already had a lot of the pieces, these vignettes yeah. and I just had to, you know, create a structure for that, and became a memoir, and it's called "What I Did on My Midlife Crisis Vacation." <laughs> uh,
0: okay, so you, you say vignettes. Can you can you explain? Uh, tell me a bit more about uh, what you mean by the your your uh, definition of the uh, vignette. Well,
1: um, they're like mini mini adventures, and they may seem unrelated to each other, but they are in a way because they're all um, in the field of woo woo. You know, I would try out different. Flavors of energy healing and describe my experiences. Of course, with a little humor <laughs> laced in there. That's my trademark.
0: Yes, and it, uh... <laughs> it, absolutely. It's, it's something that uh, is, is is lovely and divine to read. Actually, is is that um, you you really uh, I, I think pick out and sort of uh, exemplify the um, the fact that you know life is fun, um, and that really comes through your writing. And it should be fun um is that I guess that's intentional
1: yeah it's just part of who I am I, I wouldn't be writing about metaphysics if there wasn't humor in it because it wouldn't it wouldn't be interesting to me <laughs> it wouldn't be that yeah, fun <laughs> yeah. it would be dry you know
0: so what so what how did you I'm just wondering how you got to the point where um you started writing the, these vignettes and, and the blogs what what um I mean I think I read that you were you were an engineer at some point in, in the past yeah. is that right <laughs>
1: It's true. I'm a recovering engineered. It's true. Um, yeah, I've, I'm one of those people. I'm, I'm definitely a generalist, not a specialist. So I've hopped around from career to career, trying different things, having different experiences. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if anyone's listening who feels the same way, you know, sometimes we beat ourselves up over that because it's easy to look over at a specialist, somebody who's focused on one thing and how far they've they've gotten with that. <clears throat> and kind of criticize ourselves you know if I had just stuck with something I'd be further along but you know life is rich and the path is somewhat unknown like I was saying earlier I don't always get the instructions ahead of time I just get the step by step and after a while it all makes sense even the engineering it comes into play because when I'm looking at some of these energy healing techniques and um, I still have a kind of a science angle on my mind. not not so much. I'm not a scientist per se, but critical thinking comes into play always. And that's part of the engineering mindset right th-
0: and, and, and this, so did, um, so what what was the first thing that you sort of uh, were bumped into, or what was the first step that uh, um, it, it, from metaphysically, as it were, that uh, that caught your attention?
1: Well, I was very keen on learning energy healing, and so I started studying clairvoyant meditation um, to learn how to – I really wanted to see auras and see energy. I just thought that was the most exciting thing. And um, because I've always noticed throughout my life that there was a disparity between (laughs) – not always, but between what people say and what I detect. So there was a – you know, we all have these superpowers, these six senses – um, but we don't necessarily trust them right away. You know, you, you have that gut feeling like something isn't right. This person's telling me this, but I'm not sure if that's true, <laughs> you know, so I wanted to kind of beef up those superpowers and learn to see energy as it was without someone misconstruing it with their words, you know?
0: Right. Okay. And, uh, so, so what did you do? Did you read books or, or to take a course?
1: Yeah, I took many courses and I started learning to feel the energy. Ultimately, I I realized that I don't have clairvoyance, this, you know, being clear seeing. I don't necessarily have that visioning capability, but I have a different kind of sensibility, um, maybe clairsentience or claircognizance, you might call it.
0: Yes. yes. And no, I, so, yeah. Yeah, no, I can totally understand that. I, I know for me, I'd love to have uh, had the sort of Hollywood effects um, from that, <laughs> but that sort of point of view but uh but but yeah the, the Felix feeling. So, but you see energy in a different seeing if you like is that right
1: right there's many ways you know what what's your superpower John
0: uh, well I'm, I'm learning when developing my superpowers because I think <laughs> like like yourself I don't have the Hollywood um but, <laughs> but uh I'm starting to uh turn but for, for me it was um got very trapped in intellectualizing everything Mm. Uh, and I'm starting my path to change that too, so that I am actually now starting to feel energy and feel things, uh, which is um, which can be surprising. And and often uh, I find myself going, is that really me feeling that, or, or am I you know just making that up? I, I wonder. Did did okay. you go through a uh, or have you gone, or do you still go through a a, a similar process there? Oh,
1: definitely. We all do because our intellectual minds or human logical minds are always trying to meddle. <laughs> I think that's, that's the biggest plague of humanity is that our logical minds have taken over and we're still learning how to relax and allow. And so I've had to learn that many times and I continue to learn it. I mean, one tool that comes to mind that I learned, I took remote viewing classes oh, from right. really expert guy really amazing guy who, who is was that? trained by the military um his name is vj ram
0: right okay eh? yeah, i don't know and- of him but uh, uh the only ones i know of course a uh, uh, dr doom um uh-huh. and um i can't actually remember his proper name now um oh anyway and uh, uh courtney uh brown
1: oh yeah and um I think V.J. was uh, trained by Lynn Buchanan and some of those original guys oh, who right. worked for the U.S. government. The first, so, b- uh, the,
0: the first Earth Battalion. <laughs> was that,
1: yes. It was,
0: yeah. yes yeah. Oh,
1: fantastic. So that's a really cool way because it, it, it's designed by engineers, uh, and course. it's designed to be, um, to be able to train anybody to develop their psychic powers. So it's very structured and well thought out, and um, what I learned was to start recognizing the difference between information that comes in suddenly from you know if you want to think of it coming from your higher self or from you know your subconscious mind or your angels or god or whatever whatever your construct is but there is a difference between that and a calculated thought and mm. when you practice remote viewing you know among other options but it you start to realize the difference in quality of thought so that thought that sentiment you expressed earlier where you're like was that just me making that up or was that you know you you start to realize the difference it's like a different um color or texture it's something obvious you know there's something about it that becomes obvious like the ideas from beyond from another dimension from my higher self they come very quickly and they usually come um, unpremeditated so they're not necessarily related to the previous mental chatter if you
0: know what i mean yeah no i, I can see yes it's it feels more intuitive and uh, a knowing i think is, is how i would sort of um uh, um categorize that so mm-hmm. that it feels like more of a knowing as opposed to as you say a, a logical train of thought uh, and as yeah, right and, and as you say yeah it, it does seem to think that can pop from nowhere but um so tell me more about the the remote viewing what 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 um and you say it's quite a structured approach. What what was it what was it like? What did you have to do?
1: Well, you build it up in steps. It's very structured. You know, you start with baby steps, and they have routine, and you do it a certain way. You, you take a piece of paper and you write this. You know, you write the same thing on it each time, and you do it in a very regimented way, which is actually helpful because you're engaging your um, logical mind to do those kind of tasks. So it's sort of, you know, it's sort of like a, I think of it like a little kid, like a little brother or sister wants to tag along on a date, you know, you give them a task or something <laughs> <laughs> so they don't bother you.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. So that, um, uh, so, so that then allows, uh, the, uh, eventually it allows,
1: uh, yeah, it allows your, um, you know, that larger part of you, whatever, you know, I'm hesitant to use any particular language, but Some people like to think of it as their subconscious mind or their higher self or whatever, you know, that, that part of you that knows everything. And that's the part that comes in with the so-called magical info. So if your logical mind is kind of like put to task, okay, you go over here and do this, you file these papers, you, you do this regimented thing. Um, Then the information can stream in. And so with remote viewing, you know, you have, there's a target that's unknown. It's a picture usually, and it's really fun. And it's not about like getting it right. Cause that's what the ego wants. Like, I just want to get it right and prove that I'm psychic, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but it's a process. And it's that process of discerning between, you know, ego thoughts and inspired thoughts. So it's cool. After a while you, you surprise yourself, you know, you start writing down different impressions, and they have different ways of getting at the information. They'll say like, OK, what what color might it be or what texture or what feelings, what smells, you know, just a million questions to kind of poke at the information. And then, you know, when when it's all said and done, the pictures revealed, you realize that you had elements of it in your list, mm-hmm. even in the very beginning. You know, you're like, wow, I can do this, you know.
0: OK, you when did... when the targets revealed and what sort of targets, what was it sort of places or, or was it sort of uh, um, events or something?
1: Yeah, it could be anything at all. Um, <clears throat> sometimes there are um, iconic historical events or places or um, like there was one um, exercise that I remember it was really fun my my teacher he was fabulous BJ Ram he he has sand play as well as drawing because not everyone everyone is good at drawing I'm not very good ah, at drawing okay and so he has a 3d physical environment with sand and all these objects and you can just go in there you feel like a little kit and you can just (laughs) pile them up you know you can just place whatever shapes are inspiring and create something a 3d mock-up of whatever you're you know perceiving (laughs) and i was just doing it very fluidly i wasn't really thinking of what i was building i was just i was just in the flow you know like which piece to touch and which piece to move next it's the same way i used to um this is a little tangent, but it I used to flip houses and I did a lot of tile work, mosaic tile. and it's the oh, same yeah. process when you're you have all these a million little pieces and it looks like a lot of work. but when you're in the flow, you just automatically put your hand on the right piece for next and the next one and the next one and it just flows. Yeah. The same with stonework, you know So I was putting together this sandbox, this play um, and I found these like gray, lattice pieces they're like little plastic like legos or something and it, i started piling them at an angle and then when he showed the target it was the eiffel tower and i was like wow that looks very much like the eiffel tower <laughs>
0: oh, that's fantastic and so what did it feel like when when that uh, when that happened
1: it just feels fun and connected yeah. you know you're not trying you're not forcing it's just effortless you're mm-hmm. just really in the flow you're not figuring it out you're just going with it whatever you're inspired
0: yeah and so from the the remote viewing how what was the next step that sort of led you on on the led you rather on the um Mm -hmm. uh energy healing work that you wanted to look at
1: well i'm not sure that was a linear path right there i'm just (laughs) um but there was a lot of healing work um i studied theta healing and matrix energetics those are some powerful modalities
0: yeah was that at the same the same time or or um Around the all, same time as the remote view, I'm just interested in yeah. how, how it's all, sort of uh, <laughs> how, how your, your sort of journey, I guess.
1: Yeah, I guess all of these, you know, vignettes of life took place within um, a two to three year period. Yeah. And there was a lot of travel in, involved in it too. And oh, Ma- Matrix energetics! If you haven't heard of that, you should look into it because that's a lot of fun.
0: So tell me a bit more about that. What uh, what does that involve?
1: <laughs> well, the the guy who um, runs it is Richard Bartlett, and it's quite the circus. And it's he's taking physics principles and just playing with them. He's saying, you know, when we have it is is a new reality. You know, we're creating it with our consciousness. We know this. Yeah. But um, he's saying, hey, we're collapsing the wave into a particle, and there's infinite possibilities until we collapse it into a specific. Option. Mm-hmm. So he's saying, like, kind of uncollapse it and play with different techniques for that, and then come back and see what's different. And I've been to those seminars where I actually had a healing, I had an ankle injury from a freak swing dance accident. And uh, <laughs> I, I went into one of those seminars, and it was it was completely healed, so it was that kind of um, you know sounds like evangelical <laughs> healing, you know, people <laughs> coming off their crutches and whatnot. But everything's possible, okay. and it's only it's only our cynicism that you know says no, that can't be right, that must be a hoax, you know.
0: Yeah, because that, that sounds a lot like uh, some of the stuff that I've read from the Seth material, uh, um, mm-hmm. where you know it very much yes, as you you know we create our own reality. Um, the point of power is in the present. Through our beliefs and our desires, but that, but um, that's interesting. That it feels as though, because it, you know, as you're saying, collapsing the wave, the wave to the particle. Therefore, uh, and that's when the uh, you know the sort of moment that we experience the probability that we go through. But that sounds like you could you almost stop that and just sort of uh, um, have a look around at what else you could. Um, a a pick if you like what other probability Mm -hmm. you could pick and then reverse and change that did i get that right or or, uh or yeah um,
1: well yes and it's all but it's also a lot about the art of allowing because um we're not trying to force anything you're just sort of letting go and then seeing what's different so okay It's not like, I want this to happen. Because when you do that, you have resistance, typically. You're attached to it happening. So you have Ah, to remove that attachment and just say, well, I don't care what happens. Let me just have fun and be in a high vibration and then observe what happens. Because, you know, that's the physics. um, Is it the Heisenberg principle or something? Um, You know, where... The, the observer effect you know where yeah. they noticed it changes depending on who's looking <laughs> so um that's true but it's rare that we can apply that in our everyday lives it just sounds abstract you know and it goes against the grain of everything the other humans have taught us that's actually wrong <laughs> you yeah. <laughs> know yeah. Uh,
0: okay so, so um th- th- uh, that that sort of leads me because uh, um, you were talking about uh, allowing and um Recently, read your book "The um, Resistance Is Feudal," um, which I really enjoyed. Uh, And a lot of that that you come through is uh, well, a lot of what comes through in that is about non-resistance. And is 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 that a sort of a a similar concept that you're saying in terms of allowing the non-resistance?
1: Yeah, yeah. Because we we try too hard. You know, we think we have to figure everything out, do everything ourselves, because we're we absorb a lot of beliefs from the you other know, confused humans, you know that say you have to that physical reality is all there is, and you got to take action to make it all happen. And in truth, the world is benevolent to us, you know, and all our desires are sort of logged once we experience uh, we experience things we don't like. We automatically are kind of placing an order for the opposite, you know. so it's all it's all ready to unfold if we would just chill out. And stop being, you know, upset and fearful at every turn <laughs> in everyday life. And that book is full of like really practical examples of how you can be non-resistant if you want to.
0: Indeed, it, it, it is uh, exactly that. You, you've got several scenarios, and I, and I think you use a, uh, a sort of car uh, gear type of scenario as to um, h- how you could sort of turn a situation around if you start feeling resistance in a particular situation.
1: Um, yeah, and that's that's there yeah the the car gimmick you know shifting if you know if you're being very negative I you know I'd say that's like you're going in reverse you know you're you're heading away from everything you want and then but um it's hard to go from reverse into fifth gear right you can't really do that you Mm. have to go through neutral first so it's a process of steps so that's important because you don't want to be hard on yourself you don't want to be disingenuous with yourself and try to put a happy face over the top of something negative. You just want to gently <laughs> allow yourself to move up through those vibrational levels and start to feel better yeah. and start to let go.
0: Yeah. So, so when was the, um, when was the moment that you, um, you, you know, cause I, I, I sort of get the picture that you've been, you've been an engineer and then, and then certainly over a period of a, of a, of a two or three years, you start doing all these different courses, um, uh, And learning and learning, um, uh, uh, both um, uh, you know the remote viewing and the the sort of metaphysical work that you're just uh, mentioning. And was there an, uh, uh, you know, what were the points where you thought, you know, that my the life that I've been that I've known up to a certain point is 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 all wrong, and, and this is where, and I need to you know, I need to view it in a different way now and, and move in a different direction. Did you have any of those types of moments?
1: Yeah. And it, it wasn't directly from the engineering. That was years ago. There were other phases since then. But the the phase that preceded all this learning was um, the time when I was flipping houses yeah. in Oregon. And um, so it came as a disruption, a, a strong urge to sell my house. It's the last one that I you know flipped and and recreated. And it was a disruption because this time I wasn't planning on investing in another. I was just getting out. And all my friends there were saying, "What are you crazy? What are you doing? You know, this is a bad time to sell. The market's not good. now are you what are you going to do? You know <laughs> And I said, "I don't know what I'm going to do, but I just know that I have to leave." And that's that's what constitutes a midlife crisis. You have these strong urges. And they can be quite disruptive. In my case, it, wasn't, it was a victimless crime because I don't have any kids or anything. Nobody got hurt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, it's a strong compulsion, and then later on you learn why. Because I think it's, it's your higher self lighting a fire under your butt, saying you can't <laughs> just sit here comfortably in this house, even though you've you know, designed it and it's beautiful and it's paid for. You are here to do something else. And so I didn't realize at the time I was being kind of recruited. (laughs) That's what it felt like. I I was really reluctant, but I nevertheless heeded the call. And so by by doing that, selling the house and moving on, you know, I created a budget for myself because I had all this equity. And that's what funded all my educational adventures in woo woo. And um, so I didn't know where it was headed, you know, until the books started coming out. I said, oh, okay, here's my new career. I get it now.
0: (laughs) Right. Okay. So yeah. So you created that capital to get the get the learning, and then, and then eventually some. You know, friends say, "Look, your, your writing is great. You should you should write a book here." And and I guess that was a bit of a clunk to say, "Oh yeah, actually, this is this is my direction now. It's moved from you know when I was flipping houses and and so on." So have I got that about right?
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's all very scary because by conventional standards, it's like, what are you nuts? You know, you had security and now you have none, (laughs) you know, so it's a leap of faith. It's being guided. And so, I mean, everybody has that in their life in some way. You just got to trust that the life is benevolent, that there's no force of evil out there that's going to get you. You know, if you keep keep thinking that, you know, life is fundamentally in your favor and even though you, it doesn't look good or you don't know what's happening you can just trust you can you can choose to be more curious than fearful and you can be amused about it too huh i wonder how this is going to wind up this is a really crazy plot twist what's this going to be
0: yeah absolutely I, I actually fear is that that's um i would love to talk about um your thoughts around that a bit more about well why you think we why do you think we fear things at the in the first place uh, i i know that um i think there was a there was a, a a um a comment from one of your um from from uh, not a comment what's to talk about a a quote rather from was it a lady called Florence Scovel Shin mhm uh, around h- how it, you know you don't sort of um let fear come in because you you're sort of giving into two things then and you know you let, let the love come right. through um, I'm really messing up that quote, I'm afraid, I, uh, but um, I don't have it. That's to hand. okay. But I just wondered. Uh, the, I think the idea was it behind. You know, look, if if you fear things, then you're you're being you're being taken over by two. You've got sort of two things there, but where really the yeah. only exists, then it's the only thing that really exists is love. Um, so let that come through. But it made me wonder why we fear things in the first place. What if it, let's say if if uh, if there is only love, then why do we complicate it in the first place i wondered what your thoughts were with the you know the learnings and the information that, that that you've sort of gathered
1: well i think in a really fundamental sense it see we're all affected by each other all the beliefs of the other humans and all the ones who have gone before us in physical form i mean because time is really an illusion anyway so all these belief our thought forms are still hanging around and we're affected by mass thinking or group think. And if you, if you look at it, you know, the history of humans, there have been so many centuries of misinformation the, the church, you know, has been peddling this idea of, like, there's good and there's evil, you know, and you need us to protect you from the evil, you know. And so that's a deep story. That's a story that runs deep in a lot of people, even if they're not religious. Yeah. They're affected by it. Even modern people, even atheistic people, everyone's affected by this. It's so widespread.
0: In, 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 not just in the teachings, but almost, it sounds as if, when you say, use the term group uh, think that we're, we almost sort of pick it up in the ether.
1: We do. Right. Yeah, we're very unconscious of it. We're walking down the street and, you know, thoughts are coming into your mind. They're not all yours, you know. <laughs> Somebody walked down the street before you and left it there and you picked it up. You know, we're sponges. <laughs>
0: right. Okay. Now, that makes a lot of sense, actually, as to why you suddenly start feeling um, perhaps very negative about things at work, for example. It might not be actually your negativity that you're taking on. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of us are quite empathic. We're like porous beings. And without an awareness of that, you know, we just feel like we're tossed about in these energies. And that's why it's great to learn some of these tools so you can kind of maintain and take charge of your own energy if you're at all sensitive, because it's real. That's really happening. I mean, some people are kind of um, impervious to other energies and God bless them, you know, if they can <laughs> <laughs> operate that way, like a thick shell. But I think most people are quite sensitive and our our cultural beliefs cause us to um, kind of ignore and discount that stuff like, oh, it's it's your imagination. You're crazy, you know, <laughs> because the group think is also heavily bent on the idea that physical reality is it you know <laughs> that yeah. this is it this is all there is you know it's all about the physical reality so we're ignoring all the other stuff
0: and, 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 and it's like do you think like you're saying the church saying well you know you need to come through us so a lot of that knowledge has um has been hidden from us and lost which is you, do, do you, is that how, how you feel
1: um i suppose it's you know from a certain perspective but nothing is is really hidden or lost ever you can tap into anything you want you know we're all superhumans so i mean that's just a storyline i mean there okay. is a story involved in the evolution of humans right um and it's all playing out as it should be it's all fine and perfect and no i can because,
0: understand that. that's perhaps my yeah. storyline then uh yeah. That, yeah okay
1: that's okay i mean all stories are valid all perspectives are valid but um I, I like to choose more empowering ideas, like, oh, I can tap into anything, any time. Nobody's barring my access to information. So I think that's more accurate for me.
0: Yeah. And, and I guess that you, 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 your life lived, uh, is a testament to that because, you know, you sold your house uh, and now you're, uh, well, you're, in, you're, you're uh, I don't know, how would you describe yourself? Because I, I sort of think of you as a sort of metaphysical inspirer. Um, nice i like that thank you (laughs) but uh, i don't know how do you how do you uh, describe yourself
1: oh it depends on which day you know sometimes i think of myself as a metaphysical class clown or uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, a personal cheerleader um you know a a mentor to to many i do private mentoring sessions with mostly women not exclusively Mm um i don't know i just show up and whatever i'm supposed to do i do
0: yeah Uh, and I guess it sounds as if that um, you're you're happy that perhaps the the, the next stages uh, are uh, are still unknown to you that they'll they will evolve um, you know come come to you and evolve as it were.
1: Yeah, I guess happy is true. I mean, at this stage in my life, I'm, I'm almost fifty. I've come to realize that I can never predict, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and I don't know if that's true of other people's experience, but I I just like i said i just don't get the memo very far in advance so not much surprises me anymore i'll go okay what are they cooking up this time i might say they in terms of uh, just for fun you know thinking of like my guides or angels and because it's all part of me it's my consciousness just like yours is all part of you but sometimes it feels like either too much responsibility or kind of lonely so you want like you want to think of a crew or team working with you from the other side that's fun it's all constructs we don't really have any way of knowing delineating you know whether it's angels guys or higher self or whatnot
0: yeah i I know i've I've given into the um i've stopped trying to categorize and and sort of align myself with with one or the other um and I, i don't know if you've if you had a sort of similar type of experience where you thought well I, I i believe in angels i must uh you know look at that's where it is and actually um uh there are you know you, you suddenly find yourself getting feelings from from other things and you think well hang on a sec that that uh, doesn't that contradict what i'm and and I, i've s- m- s- sort of myself managing to you know actually not worry about that uh, you know it's not a problem it doesn't it doesn't contradict it just is and and as i think as you say it's your own construct. I think actually, actually you saying that just here and now makes me, <laughs> uh, um, it embeds that more. Uh, um, but I wondered if, um, do you hang yourself around a kind of a, a core? Uh, um, uh, let's say, say, well, one of the things I picked up from the uh, Manif- um, uh, uh, resistance is feudal. Is, um, it is, there's a strong, uh, um, uh, there's a, a strong um, uh, law of attraction um, core there, and mm-hmm. I, I wondered if you, for example, have a strong sort of uh, law of uh, law of attraction type core, but then there are many other um, influences or uh, other things that come in which create the whole. Mm-hmm. Is that correct, or, or do you, or um, uh, uh, do you have a do you follow a sort of a different sort of path?
1: Well, um, you know, I use different constructs and different inspirations in different books. and But it, it seems to me, it's <laughs> the law of attraction, it's kind of a hook. It's kind of a way to interest people because everybody wants something. We have all these desires and we get angsty when they're not filled, you know. And that's just the nature of life. We're always expanding. We're always wanting more and wanting different things. So that's kind of the hook to bring you in. Like, I want to manifest something, show me how, you know, Mm -hmm. but, but it's a little bit of bait and switch because when you get there, when you get the book, it's telling you, you know, chill out and relax and allow. And because a lot of people want, tell me how I want to take action, you know? And it's, um, it's about allowing and it's about becoming more of your true self and, kind of living the life that you pre-planned and i don't i don't believe in like hardcore destiny everything's mapped out but i think there's definitely an element to that and I, but i think they're in harmony they're not in conflict like something that your heart desires very strongly it's in the plan no problem so um you know the predestined plan and the free will manifesting plan are the same plan it's just different ways of looking at it
0: okay so so you um uh so that uh, so you, you you don't necess so you don't necessarily well I think yeah you're absolutely right I, I completely completely see that um, and, and it sounds as if you don't necessarily have a particular core of beliefs if you were it's um, there are as there are different constructs mm. and different ways of uh, of looking at it and and that all uh, feeds into the whole
1: yeah I mean I'm I make it my business to shed beliefs i don't want to take on new beliefs i don't want to limit myself and because i see that everything is possible and that when you take on a belief you're collapsing the wave you're taking only a subset of the all that is you're narrowing it down and of course some beliefs are positive and and some are negative but they're all limiting in some way because when you just take an abstract example you know if you believe that the sky is blue which most people do then it It has to be blue, you know, so it kind of shuts out the sky being purple or green. (laughs) A problem, um, but it's, it's just one of those well-practiced beliefs that we all buy into like gravity, (laughs) but other beliefs, you know, in your personal life, like beliefs that, um, you know, I can't get ahead or (laughs) I don't get to have fun or something like that, that that's something worth getting rid of, you know, expanding into more possibilities like the other, you know, I do get to have fun. I do get to do what I want and. That's still a limitation. You see what I mean? You're, the the all that is contains all possibilities, and so you can collapse the wave on something that's pleasing, or you can collapse it on something you don't like, or you can refrain from collapsing it altogether.
0: Yes, I think um, I, I think you, you, you tweeted recently. Say most humans squander their vibratory power observing what is, rather <laughs> than focusing on what they prefer. Be different. Uh, and, and, I had a guy uh,
1: respond to that tweet, and he said vibratory power what am i a washing machine <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's probably
1: british you guys are hilarious <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah um i no, i can uh, yeah we, we have a lot of problems with our washing machines absolutely <laughs> um, so, <laughs> i can totally understand that um yeah so uh, no i really like that that's a really refreshing look at it because I, I, I know the the, the previous um uh, people uh, some of the Previous episodes, I've been looking at this, is very much with a um, uh, a shamanic practitioner uh, mm. who is fantastic. Um, but the, and she very much has a core uh, around shamanism, uh, but the lots of other things come in and, and, uh, um, and sort of add to that whole. Um, but I, but I see sort of from what I hear, from what you're saying, you're very different. There is there is no core. It's kind of whatever's there. There's the, 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 everything is there, and everything is possible and you move through that
1: right and you can pick up a construct and use it to your advantage and when it no longer serves you you can put it down it's like what you were saying earlier you know you you observed or decided something and then something else came along that seemed to contradict it but you you were okay with that you said no it's not a contradiction it's fine i think that's beautiful that that right there is major mind expansion you know that's that's part of what I teach: is embracing paradox.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes,
1: yeah. Because that's that's where your power is, and that's where you start allowing new possibilities into your life. Because yeah. you're no longer insisting it has to be this way or that way. That's what the ego does, right? And The yeah. ego, the logical mind, is saying. Well, it's got to be black or white. Which is it? You know, which box is it going to yeah. fit in? You
0: and, know, and, and I know it gets a bad rap, but rap. But it's it's never satisfied because it's it's very much like okay, okay. So I made an expansion there. What, why didn't it feel different? Why didn't you know? Why wasn't there a kind of uh, oh, sort of moment when I felt mm-hmm. like I expanded? You know, literally kind of expanding. But uh, but, um, uh, but no, it, it's it's this, and, and I think this goes back to something else from uh, what I read recently. Was uh, it's being. Uh, um, aware of the subtle mm-hmm. uh, and um and, and it isn't necessarily all bank crash wallop and uh, uh, you, you know trumpets uh, to, to, <laughs> to say that this is hurrah well done you've, you've now reached level four um that it is quite <laughs> quite a subtle thing uh right. you know learning knowing that you've expanded for example you've almost got to sort of think about what you used to think a year ago
1: Exactly. Yeah, it's not always bring on the dancers. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's noticing looking back and going, huh? I I, I do that many times. W- back when I was an engineer, you know, I was very black and white thinker. You know, partly as a result of my conditioning from family, like most people, you know. Um, but realizing, like I wrote about that in my memoir, the midlife crisis book. You know, um, the theosophists opened my mind to oh, nice. ideas because they. They said that, you know, minerals have consciousness. And I said, What? Minerals? You know, it's a rock. How can that be? I can understand animals, surely, and plants, but the mineral kingdom, consciousness, you know? And then I just let it be. I didn't rail against it, you know? And in time, I I realized what they were talking about because everything does have consciousness. It's all an expression of. Source energy, that's where everything comes from. Like we were saying earlier, there's only one power, one source, not two. Yes. (laughs) And um, it's just that my definition... Of what consciousness was was too limiting and it didn't encompass that so i so you know it was like computer says do not compute <laughs> does not compute it's like an 80s reference but you know what yeah, i mean no, I got it. yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I, I do and the consciousness one is a really interesting one because um it, even the, the the sort of because uh, i can remember talking with um some friends years ago when I first started reading the Seth material and having a similar kind of problems with when they started talking about the consciousness of a cabbage. And it's, and (laughs) then that also does go down, you go down all all sorts of uh, um, avenues of, well, uh, so, uh, you know, that means if a cabbage has got consciousness, then, uh, you know, is it, does it feel, if I'm biting into it or, you know, should I be, should I not eat cabbages now um, <laughs> uh, as well as meat or, you know, or just should I just say, well, actually, that doesn't matter either. Uh, I don't need to go down that line. But um, and then <laughs> and then you go to the next level, as you're saying, with uh, with with rocks um, and so on, which we would class as inanimate. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: mm-hmm. But uh, I, th- I suppose my view is that everything is consciousness. Therefore, it, it, it is an expression of, and therefore that that's why it has consciousness. But
1: um, yeah, that's, that's
0: about as where I am at the moment anyway.
1: It's just a matter of definitions. You know, what what does consciousness mean? Like when you say, "Does the cabbage feel?" You know, we're projecting yeah, our absolutely. our consciousness onto it, and it's not yeah. that type. It's a different flavor of consciousness. And and just because there, you know, there is consciousness in everything, it doesn't mean we're victimizing it. You know, because <laughs> we're we can assume that whatever form of consciousness is in a rock or cabbage or whatever signed up for its job. You know, I believe that there's a free will universe, you know, just like we signed up to be humans in this earth game. So there's no harm in eating anything. Cause they know they're food. And they're like, okay, yeah. this is my job. I'm, I'm food. That's right. <laughs> I'm okay with that. You know, same with the animals.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the small fish is quite happy to be eaten by the big fish because that's part of, of, uh, you know, of what, yeah. what it is. Actually, that, that brings me onto, um, Another part, because uh, uh, I think there was a, a four-step guide that you put in the book, but one of them was around soul plan, uh, and that was also something that um, spoke with the uh, with in the shamanic practitioner, about soul plans. So I was wondering if you could perhaps um, tell me more uh, what your view of, of of soul plans are.
1: Well, that's a big question. Um, you know, I'm very good at asking I... the,
0: <laughs> the, the, those ones. Anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a stumper. Well. I mean, it's true everybody's on their own path and everybody's doing a different thing here in the Earth Game. Uh, the only thing that can be said in a general sense is that I think I think we are evolving. I think that's part of the Earth Game is evolution of our consciousness. And I don't believe like some people will put it down and say, Oh, Earth is like spiritual kindergarten, you <laughs> know. <laughs> and I think it's actually a very challenging level. Um, but if if in doubt you know, a principle to go back to is, is something I I associate with a course in miracles, which is our job is to love, you know, <laughs> it's all about love. And, and it's the same thing as becoming more of our true selves, because that's what we are outside of this physical game, you know, mm-hmm. our bigger, our larger selves are just pure love energy. That's what I think. So we come into the game, we squeeze part of our consciousness into a human body, and to learn things and have fun and have experiences. So I mean, that's the purpose of being here is to have fun and explore. We're like, you know, the all that is is an experienced junkie and we're just giving it a fix every at every turn. You know, <laughs> everything yeah. we do is is giving it a fix. It's excited about all experience, it's not judgmental. It's not saying some experience is better than others. No, nope. it's all great. Um, but, you know, if we want to be happy. And evolve quicker. <laughs> you know, we stick to the love plan. And that's what resistance is futile is about, too. It's like all those incidents in your life where you're responding. You're responding either out of fear or love. You have choice every moment, every decision, every interaction. So the more you choose love and the less you choose fear, the happier you're going to be. And your soul is probably ecstatic. You know, all right, he's moving along now. You <laughs> had a yeah. good clip.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can definitely feel it. And I, I guess. Uh, that that must have uh, that's part of what happened with yourself when you sold that that, that house in, in Oregon. You started to realign with your with, with your soul plan, I guess.
1: Yeah, because I did. I spent a lot of time alone during those years, so there was a lot of um, connection, communing with my higher self. I guess, <laughs> sort of training me. Yeah, and it becomes more um, seamless in everyday life but sometimes you have to remove yourself from the fray because it's such a crazy busy world, you know, and there's all this gadgetry and um, all the stimuli. So any way that you can connect meditation or whatever is, is a good thing. And then you can get the answers you need.
0: Yeah. Uh, and, and uh, again, that, I guess that was something you picked up in, in those, uh, those those first few, few years when you, or was that something you've had, you've done for years, um, you know? From, or was it something you picked up in in that sort of period when you were uh, went out and you know learned learned so much?
1: Yeah, I'd say I picked it up during that midlife crisis adventure period. You know, learning how to meditate, and I never really did that before. Although I was exposed to law of attraction, all these ideas from um, since I was a teenager. So the, the seed was already planted because I had an extraordinary friend who gave me all these books, these metaphysical books, before they were even hip. Uh-huh. And uh, so I kind of had that understanding, you know, that the mind power is, is is very powerful.
0: Okay. Oh, So that was always in the background then? Uh, mm-hmm. um, okay. Excellent. Fantastic. Uh, well, so I think the other thing that – one of the things I wanted to ask you was around um, – and i I mentioned one of the names earlier, which I think is is uh, you know who your heroes are if you if you like who who is it that you um that you sort of go to for for inspiration
1: well certainly seth um through you know channeled by jane roberts yeah uh, a lot of the yeah a lot of the people I look to are are channeled entities um Bashar who's channeled through daryl anka and um Sanae Roman is a channeler for Orin, another entity, really wise. It it gives you an outside perspective, like literally <laughs> way outside the Earth game, you know. <laughs> um, and then the the New Thought authors of yesteryear, you know, the hundred year old books like um, Florence Skull Shin and um, Ernest Holmes, the the kind of classics of New Thought in the early twentieth century um, American uh, tradition i guess a lot of it also relates to england you know the um spiritualist church um has its roots there i think or at least it got really got going over there
0: yes i, I guess that's uh, the theosophical <laughs> stuff they madame Blavatsky and, and oh uh, yeah and so on, yeah yeah that you know, that did sort of kick off a storm absolutely so excellent
1: there's uh, a lot you know and i get new influences all the time i'm open i try to stay open and um find inspiration in anybody I interact with, you know, because we're all teaching each other, we're all teachers and students to each other all the time.
0: Absolutely. Uh, De- Debbie-Ann, uh, I found found this very inspirational, and uh, it's certainly Yay. just while we've been talking, it's, it's um, helped a few things sort of clunk into place, as it were, um, which I didn't expect, and I'm really pleased to, that, that that's happened. So, so thank you very much indeed for that. So, all right, glad um, to hear it. If... Um, <laughs> If anyone who's listening, if they, if they wanted to find out more about you and find out more about some of the, the, the topics we've mentioned, where do they go?
1: They can go to my website. That's where it's at. And it's, it's my name, com, and it's spelled D-E-B-B-I-A-N-N-E.com. And of course, you know, I'm on Facebook and Twitter and all those usual suspects, but the <laughs> website is kind of the the uh, locus of it all.
0: (laughs) Well, that was great. Well, Debbie-Anne, thank you very much indeed for your time. And, uh, uh, yeah, thank you.
1: Thank you for the sparkling conversation, John. I enjoyed it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, me too. So that brings us to the end of this first episode of Interviews with Spiritual Motivators, or Inspirers. Debbie-Anne really opened my eyes, and you probably heard my brain clunk when I realised that I don't have to have a central theme or a core discipline, and that what I see and what I believe are my constructions, that I can change, and I don't have to cling on to these. I love Debian's down-to-earth and humorous approach to what can be complex metaphysical concepts that can seem really way out. I don't know about you, but I want to try remote viewing right now. By the way, Doctor Doom is actually known as Major Doom, A.K. Major Ed Dames, so I got that a bit wrong there. Apologies to Major Ed Dames. Uh, And incidentally, there's a very good interview with him and also some other remote viewers on Howard Hughes' excellent The Unexplained podcast. And also, for anyone who doesn't know what house flipping is, it's buying and selling houses for profit, normally after doing them up in the process. So if you've got anything you'd like me to cover in these podcasts, please do let me know by the comments. In the next episode, I'll be chatting to the amazing Bernard Alvarez, a spiritual activist. If you haven't yet heard of Bernard and his work, look him up, because you'll really want to hear his story and his wisdom. So until then, be well.